The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemond Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lemond Williams. Sports America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. I'm Lemond Williams, your host, and I want to welcome back my co-host so far this month, uh, George, better known as G-Man. So, G, welcome back to the show. Glad to be back, Lamont. Glad to have you back on the show, George. And uh, happy belated birthday. I know your birthday was this week. Oh, I appreciate that, man. It was a great day. Spent time with family, so I really appreciate the wishes, though. Okay, and I want to thank everybody else out there as well for logging on and checking out the show tonight. Uh, if you want to join the show, you can simply just call this number here, the Call-in number to the show is 1-888-346-9144. Again, if you would like to join the show, George and I, throughout the show, you can call us at 1-888-346-9144. Email me as well at Sports at yahoo.com or just follow me on Twitter at Williams. That's L-E-M-O-N-T Williams. And, George, I keep forgetting your, your new Twitter, Twitter handle, so... Go ahead and state it for the for the listeners. It's at G Man underscore Sports. So it's real simple for you guys. Yeah, I uh, got the G Man in there, but uh, at G Man underscore Sports. And uh, uh, yeah, George is a great guy to follow. Just follow him on Twitter. Uh, I put out some good information, especially throughout this finals, these NBA finals. And speaking of the NBA finals, oh my goodness, George, that was a wonderful game last night, man. It was so entertaining. <laughs> Well, let me go ahead and say it for the record. I, I thought the Spurs was out of it. I'm not going to lie. Throughout the third quarter, Spurs went on the run. Ended up finishing off the third quarter, 25 points to Miami, 21. And I went ahead and thought the game was over. I really thought the Spurs had locked it in. and It was a, a no-brainer. I thought the Spurs were going to walk away with the championship. But the San, I mean, Miami Heat was at home. They found some uh, found a way to kind of dig deep in the fourth quarter. LeBron James and company, and they was able to sneak back in the game in overtime and win it 103 to 100. So George, uh, let's go and start first half. Then we we'll roll into the second half and finish up in the overtime uh, matchup. Early on, the San Antonio Spurs, man, they was they was solid in the first half. George, Tim Duncan looked like the old vintage Tim Duncan from the early 2000s. Uh, dominate down low. I think he went somewhere like 10 for 10 or something like that, 9 for 9 early on. and uh, He had over 20 points going into halftime. So why was Tim Duncan, in your opinion, so effective against the Miami Heat 
in game six in the first half? I think Tim Duncan just turned it on. He's he's at the end of his career right now. And it's one of those things where he's wanting to finish his legacy on top, and that's the way any, any athlete wants to finish their legacy. So he's really turned it on in these finals. And last night just went to show that Tim Duncan still has it. He's not he's not going anywhere, and he'll be here, you know, uh, for for Game Seven as well. Now it's kind of scary to me that he had 25 points in the first half, but then in the second half and in overtime he only had five points because he ended the game with 30 points. It's 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 good to see that he can come out with that kind of intensity, and I think that if he can come out with that intensity and we can get some some more effort from Danny Green, who who's been the the silent hero of of the playoffs so far, of the finals so far. If we can get a little bit more contribution from him, then maybe the, uh, the San Antonio Spurs can pull it out in Miami. Yeah, it just seems like the Spurs was focused in the first half. I mean, the game plan, game plan that Pop put together as a coach was a very effective game plan. Uh, it just, you know, it seems like Tim Duncan just owned Chris Bosh for the most part throughout the first quarter, uh, gave the Spurs extra confidence on the road. And I really thought at halftime they was in the game. Well, they were in the game. I just really felt like it was they came up with a strong push in the third quarter. Like I stated earlier, the game was over. But that's why they played two different halves. <laughs> and that's why, it's, that's why it's two halves in the game because in the second half the Heat came alive, especially in the late uh, fourth quarter with LeBron James losing his headband and everybody making talk about that. And, oh, yeah. and they end up winning the game in overtime. So uh, moving over to the Heat in the second half, why, in your opinion, why were they so effective against uh, San Antonio? Honestly, I don't think they were as effective until you hit until you hit the fourth quarter. I think that uh, that yellow tape started coming out. They see, you know, our championship hopes are, are going down the drain really quick. And, and when you see that and, and you're an athlete and you're a competitor, you want to make sure that, that nobody can tell you that it's over. You want to be the one that, that, that pulls the plug on that. You want to be the one that says it's over. So at the end of the day, they see all of their dreams and their hopes, you know, crumbling before their eyes, and they're like, we have to turn it on. So I think that that, that motivated them to turn it on. And then LeBron got clicking in the second half too, and that's that was a key factor for the Heat. When, when you look at the series as a whole, when you look at the playoffs as a whole, when LeBron James is clicking, this Heat team is almost unstoppable. And it's, it just goes to show, I mean, 32 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, three steals, one block. I mean, he's stat sheet stuff right there. I mean, you can't, you can't go, go wrong with those kind of numbers. And then not to mention, he's, uh, he's posted the last four triple doubles in the NBA finals. So, uh, and, and that's, that's something to be said. There's only been five, uh, triple doubles, uh, in the NBA finals in the past 10 years, and he's got four of them. So, mm. I mean, that, that's just, that just goes to show it's an, it's an elite athlete, and he's one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. That's still to be debated. But, uh, when LeBron James is on, his team is definitely clicking, and, and they get it done. Yeah, he's, he's a beast to be reckoned with. I mean, he, when he takes over, makes his mind up, take over a game he does it i mean he's a guy that can uh take over any given moment you know especially in the fourth quarter he did that against the san antonio spurs now how huge was that three-pointer by ray allen to put them uh to tie the game up and head into overtime a lot of people talk about the three-pointer but i expect ray allen to hit that three-pointer what i was surprised with is that that chris bosh actually jumped up there and got a board and that's what set that three-pointer up 
So, I mean, I'm really impressed with that last series by the Heat. You know, they, they knew they had to get that bucket in order to send this into overtime. And Ray Allen, he's a clutch shooter. He always has been. So you expect that from your clutch shooter. If there's anybody on the Heat, this is what I was telling you uh, before the show, if there's anybody on the Heat that I want taking a three-pointer at the end of the game, it's the person who's, who's the best three-point shooter on that team, which is Ray Allen. So I'm glad he got the chance to take the shot. Um, after I think Dwayne Wade was the one that missed it, and Chris Bosh jumps up there, gets an offensive rebound, and uh, sends this one into overtime by getting it to Chris. I mean, uh, by getting it to Ray Allen. Yeah, and, and after looking back at the game and thinking about it uh, throughout the day, who was your X factor from both teams uh, throughout throughout that game six? I think the X factor for the Spurs would have to be Danny Green. Um, if you look at his numbers, he only got three points in the 41 minutes that he played. So that has to be something that you look at and kind of frown upon, especially when you see the numbers that he's been putting up throughout this series. Danny Green is a key part to making sure that this Spurs team can win the championship. And if he can't get clicking in this next game, uh, you, you have to look out. And obviously on the other side of the, the court, everyone wants to go with LeBron James, but I'm going to go with somebody different. Okay. I think Chris Bosh was an X factor. Okay. Um, I think Chris Bosh at the end of the day at the end of the day came up when they needed him to come up. Um, he had three key plays in that second half um, towards the end that really set this this whole thing into motion. He had the uh, he had the offensive board that he that he collected, and he had the um, he had the block on Danny Green at the end of the game as well. So, I mean, those are two of the plays. I forget what the one other one was I had in mind, but he's the he's the key factor for the for the Miami Heat in this one. You expect LeBron James to come out there and score, but you, you haven't been seeing much from Chris Bosh, so he was the X factor. I agree with you. I think Chris Bosh definitely was the X, the X factor for the Heat going into the fourth quarter, going into overtime. He stepped up big with that huge block against Green at the end. Now, for San Antonio, I, I, I thought that, Tony Parker, despite the loss, was the X factor in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. He hit those big shots. Uh, he gave him life again and put him back right back into the game. Unfortunately, those free throws came up, uh, well, the, the missed free throws ended up biting San Antonio Spurs in the butt at the end. So I really thought that Tony Parker has been consistent throughout uh, the series. And, and last night he still stepped up, having one see he had like 19 points points for the uh, San Antonio Spurs at the end of the game. So uh, it's going to be an exciting game, man. It's going to be definitely an exciting game for both teams going into game seven. But uh, real quick, you know, game six, uh, a lot was on the line. You know, I, I, how would you evaluate, uh, um, you know, Eric uh, Spolster's uh, performance as a coach uh, so far in this series? I think Eric's done everything that he needs to do as a coach. He has the talent, and it's kind of hard because you look at LeBron James, and he's such a polarizing figure, and you think, well, he you know, he has to be the one that comes up in the clutch. But Eric Spolstra has gotten his team to this point by making sure that if LeBron James is not clicking, that he's telling him, you know what, you need to pass the ball. And LeBron James knows that he needs to pass the ball when he's not feeling it at times. So I think the game plan uh, has, has gone really, pretty well. But the one thing that I will knock about Eric Spolstra is when Dwayne Wade was on the bench, the Heat uh, were were coming back from the deficit that they were in, and they ended up going on a few key runs to get them back into the game. But then when he puts Dwayne Wade back in, it seems as if the Heat are a worse team with Dwayne Wade. Now, don't get me wrong, Dwayne Wade is 
their second their second best player on their team, but he is almost almost a plague when he's on the on the court because he's he's not he's not help, helping the team be productive. So I think that that's one key thing that Eric Spoelstra has to look at and put all pride aside. You're looking to win a championship. If D Wade has to sit, he has to sit. Yeah, I just you know D Wade's a guy that you can see you can tell on the back he's on the back end of his career, unfortunately. But it just seemed like last night the chemistry was definitely off between the two, him and Dwayne uh, LeBron James when he came in. I think it was in overtime. He had shot a uh, a two pointer, not a three pointer, it was right at the top of the key, and it bounced off the rim. And I was yelling at the TV like, "Man, what are you doing?" Because he had just got back in the game. Whereas I felt like he was killing the momentum for the offense. Uh, they had yeah. a great defense. Go ahead. Yeah, he's one of those guys that he wants the ball in his hands. And, and I mean, there's a point in your career where you have to realize that you're coming to the end and you have to kind of hand off the reins to someone else. And I think that the Heat have given him the opportunity to be able to hand the reins off, but he's not quite ready himself. And you know as an athlete, until you're ready to to call it quits, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not in your book to call it quits. You're not. You're not a quitter when you're an athlete. You want to be in there as long as you can be, and until you're ready to be, you're, you're ready to leave. You're not going to tell. You're not let, let anybody else tell you that it's time. Yeah, no question. He wants to be in the game. He's competitive. He wants to stay in the game. Be competitive. He wants to compete. He don't want to sit on the sideline and <clears throat> watch everything take place as his teammates continue to have fun and have success out there on the court. So he, he definitely wants to compete. And play at a high level like everybody else. So, I mean, it's it's going to be an exciting game. I want to see what's our time. Uh, looks like we're coming up on the end of the first segment. So let's go ahead and wrap this one, George. And uh, when we come back, we'll get our predictions and, and preview Game Seven next on Outside the Huddle. We'll leave Mont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps. 
Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Continue to talk NBA Finals with George. And George, are you still there? Yes, sir. Right, let's go ahead and continue to talk the NBA Finals and preview Game 7 which kicks off tomorrow night. All right, George, game seven. Everything's on the line in Miami. Celtics, Celtics, excuse me. The San Antonio Spurs versus the Miami Heat. All right, George, who you got and why? I have the San Antonio Spurs, and I say this reluctantly because it's going to be a good game, and I think that it can be a toss-up between either team. But I think it comes down you know how uh, Rudy T had that heart of a champion speech. Well, this is this is an odd odd uh, odd odd spot for them to be in because this is the heart of two champions. There's two champions on this on this uh, court on on uh, Thursday night uh, for this game tomorrow, and I think that the Spurs will come out victorious only because they have that veteran mentality. They have Tim Duncan, um, who's looking to end his career. I think um, you also have Manny Ginobili, who's looking to end his career and you have these young guys in Danny Green and Gary Neal who are wanting to come up and, and really make a name for themselves. And I think this is a stage that you set to, to do that. So I think that the Spurs come out, but I think it's a very close game and it could it could go either way. So you feel do you feel like the Spurs will not have a mental breakdown like they did late in the second half and have those miscues and missed free throws? Well, if you look at the series as a whole, neither one of the teams that, after being beat down by the other team, has come back and just had this mental lapse the next game. They're both very mentally solid teams, and I never, I never expect either one of them to have just these mental lapses or these mental breakdowns um, to start out a game. So I think they come out strong, and I think that Miami comes out, and each each team is going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at them. So, I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be a great game to watch and. I don't think it'll match up to what we saw in Game Six because that's going to be kind of hard to match. But I definitely think it'll be a very competitive game. So, what is it going to take, in your opinion, what is it going to take for the Miami Heat uh, to be objective about this thing? What is it going to take, in your opinion, for the Miami Heat to pull it off to win it at home? In order for the Miami Heat to win it at home, they have to have, of course, the same type of performance from LeBron James that they've been having. And then they also need uh, Chris Bosh to play the way that he played at the fourth quarter and in overtime um, throughout the whole game. It can't just be, you know, I'm going to turn it on in clutch time because 
I can tell you right now that if it's it's close the way that it was um, or it looks like the Spurs are going to win it, they're not going to give that up again. And I can guarantee you that Pop is over there and they're shooting as many free throws as they can shoot right now because it's it's it came down to free throws last night. And, and uh, I definitely think that, that the Spurs are not going to allow that to happen again. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough uh, for both teams. I feel like... Um... You know, I'm pulling for the Spurs. Uh, I think they have all the right things in place. Uh, despite yesterday late in the game, they had a few miscues. So I'm pulling for the Spurs, unfortunately. Uh, uh, it's tough to root against um, LeBron James at home against, you know, uh, you know against his performance and what he did last night. It's, it's just tough to go against. So I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm pulling for the Spurs. Hope they will win it, but I'm gonna be watching it from a fan perspective because I, I really know it's gonna be a very exciting game. Definitely. And then another thing is is that either whichever team wins tomorrow night, they're gonna they're gonna create some noise because you think about it in this series, neither one of the teams has lost and then lost again. So neither one of the teams has won two games in a row. Neither one of the teams has lost two games in a row. So the Miami Heat, if they pull this one out, then they're going to cause you know the Spurs to lose two in a row and send them packing. But at the same time, there hasn't been a team um, to win a game six. I mean, a game seven on the road after being beat in game six since the two three two format has come out. So that's another thing to look at as well. Um, so the Spurs have a chance of making history, and then uh, the Heat have a chance of breaking the trend of neither one of the teams losing twice in a row. Yeah, well, we'll definitely see. We both are pulling for the San Antonio Spurs, uh, but they are playing in Miami. And as we saw last night, Miami's a team that's going to fight to the last second and pull out a victory. So we'll we'll see how it takes place. It's going to be interesting to see how it takes place and how it shapes out tomorrow. But uh, definitely excited about the game and about the whole NBA playoffs and finals. And uh, we'll kind of put a bow on it and wrap it up next week, next Wednesday. Because um, somebody will be crowned the champion on Thursday night, so uh, we'll definitely wrap that up. <clears throat> All right, let's move forward and talk about some other things in the NBA. Right now, George, I really don't know what's going on with this trade rumors. One minute is on, one minute is off, one minute is on, one minute is off. I'm talking about the potential trade or developing story right now between the Boston Celtics and the L.A. Clippers. Uh, you know, rumored for, you know, what's out reported is that you know, Doc Rivers, Kevin Garnett, and possibly Paul Pierce will ship over to uh, L.A. with L.A. possibly giving up Blake Griffin, I heard at one time, or some other mm-hmm. players uh, for this trade. But just overall, uh, George, since it's a developing story and it's not really been consistent throughout this week, overall, I mean, what's your evaluation on this, this possible trade? I think it's a trade that the the Celtics need to try to make because I think that Doc Rivers' days in in Boston are are coming to an end. I think that he's you know he he and Danny Ainge have built a team that they've saw they they've seen come into the league. They've developed them. They've won a championship, and some of the pieces to that puzzle have have now gone away. And Ray Allen, um, you look at the big three that they that they developed with Danny, uh, Danny Ainge and, and uh, Doc Rivers have uh, developed in Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. And all three of those guys are close to the end of their careers. And I think that Doc wants to end his his career 
with with the Celtics on a high note. And I think that the only way for them to do that is if some type of trade happens between the Clippers and the and the Celtics, because then it looks like as if it's out of his control. Um, I think that Doc Rivers would be a good fit in Los Angeles. And if uh, Kevin Garnett went to Los Angeles, that may entice Chris Paul to to stay with the uh, with the Clippers as well. So, I mean, there's there's benefits to both both sides on this on this argument. Well, you know, it's been reported that Danny Ainge, the Boston Celtics president, met with Doc Rivers this afternoon, uh, this Wednesday afternoon, and uh, discussed his future. So, I think uh, you know, Coach Doc Rivers using it as some leverage right now to kind of renegotiate his deal to see where Boston uh, what Boston wants to do with his his future but I'm also reading that you know DeAndre Jordan could be swapped out for Kevin Garnett how much value you feel is left in Kevin Garnett's uh career or far as his his playing ability I think from a player standpoint he's he's on that on that end part of his career. Um it's it's kinda hard to say what you're gonna get out of him because he is getting old and his body is beat up. Kevin Garnett's one of the most physical players in the NBA. He still has that eighties and nineties mentality of uh banging and getting in there and getting the boards and, you know, throwing his elbows around and doing what he has to do to get an edge. And he's he's one of the nasty players in the NBA and he's one of the guys that uh definitely plays with some aggression so that takes a toll on your body towards the end of your career and I mean I know he's getting up there in age and I think it would be a steal if uh, DeAndre Jordan um, actually got to go to the to the Celtics in trade for for um, for Kevin Garnett I think that would be a definitely good a good deal for the Celtics so um, I think the, the Celtics look at it this way if they're giving up Doc Rivers and they're getting DeAndre Jordan I think that it's a win-win for both teams um, I think that they get a youth, uh, a young guy, um, in DeAndre Jordan going to the Celtics, and I think that the Clippers get a, a, a decent, a, a good coach um, towards the end of his career as well. All right. On the flip side, what do you think about Chris Paul? You think if you know they was able to bring in a Doc Rivers and Kevin Garnett and uh, Paul Pierce, would that be enough to keep a CP3 over in LA for the Clippers? It may be. Um, to be honest with you, CP3 is is one of those people that I, I think he's keeping everything close to the hip. He's not really allowing people to to know what's going on in his mind, and uh, he's kept very quiet, you know, throughout this whole process. But I think that he wants talent around him, and with Chris Paul being a young guy, I don't think that he wants to uh, to be in a situation where you have Kevin Garnett, who probably has you know maybe two years at the most left in his tank and you know it it just it's one of those things do you want to stay around for two more years and uh hope to win a championship or do you want to try to build something i you know i hear that he and uh dwight howard want to somehow get on the same team together and that obviously can't happen if he stays in la so it's one of those things that that if he if he wants to if he wants to stay with the clippers they're gonna have to do a lot more than just bringing doc rivers and Kevin Garnett, but I think that that's a great start, and it shows him that they are very interested in him staying. Now, Doc Rivers not coming over to L.A. to coach the Clippers, uh, and it's been reported that Byron Scott is coming for a second interview as well as Brian Shaw. Byron Scott, excuse me, and, and Brian Shaw is coming back for his second interview. Uh, one had one yesterday, the other one's having one today. Uh, with that being said, 
which one of these guys, either Byron Scott or Brian uh, Shaw, is a good fit for the L.A. Clippers as of right now as a team right now? I think either one of them will be a, a great fit. You have to look at it in this aspect. You don't know what you're going to have with, with CP3, and you don't know that he's going to be there. So you have to start building – you have to start preparing for a rebuilding process. I think any three of these guys – would be a good fit um, if I'm including Doc Rivers in that. Would be a good fit to go there because they're they're guys that that can deal with a rebuilding project and and try to acquire some talent. I mean, LA is gonna let's face it. If 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 CP3 ends up leaving, they're definitely gonna be in a position where they have to start rebuilding. I know they still have Blake Griffin. I know they would still have DeAndre Jordan if this trade doesn't go down, but they're going to need some big pieces in order to, to start making it uh, in, in the NBA, especially with, with you look at the way the NBA is shaping out now. The powerhouse teams, um, you know, you have your, your Oklahoma City Thunder, you have your Heat. You have to be able to contend with those guys. And, and without having a key point guard, and I know that we've seen that in the league, that a key point guard is very important. You look at Russell West. You look at Russell Westbrook, and uh, and it just goes to show. So I think that that'll be uh, definitely be a key factor in, in the decision that Chris Paul makes. Well, good stuff there, George. And it sounds like we need to take another break. So let's break, and when we come back, we'll talk NFL next. On Outside the Huddle, we'll leave Mike Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. flagship station for sports voice america sports football and so much more is the focus of planet gridiron with damian anderson join the former arizona cardinals running back for a show that mixes well a little bit of everything damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and, of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Sports Channel, the talk doesn't get any hotter. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. 
Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. What a great show so far. I'm halfway through my co-host, George. And, George, thank you for continuing to bring that knowledge each and every week. And, and uh, I'm excited to kind of roll right into the NFL right now. I'm excited about it, too, man. Let's let's do it. All right, let's jump right into it. And uh, let's go and start off up north and talk about the New England Patriots. So much stuff is going on up there right now. Starting with their tight ends, Aaron Hernandez. Right now, there's a lot of reports and rumors going surfacing around about what's taking place with this situation. Just kind of give you a backdrop about he's been connected to a death of a man uh, uh, who was uh, considered associate with with Hernandez. So, with so much stuff is still out there and not nothing is really confirmed, he's not been charged with anything, George. We're, we're going to stay away from that, but we're going to talk about from a general standpoint. Uh, of, of distractions. You know, New England's a team that kind of shy away from distractions. Uh, Bill Belichick and that organization stays away from distractions. However, they signed Tim, uh, you know, Tim Tebow a couple of weeks, well, last week, right before minicamp, and that was a distraction. Now you have this with the Aaron Hernandez situation. So overall, it's not looking good right now in New England, in, 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 in my opinion, George. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you look at you look at what's going on, and you have Aaron Hernandez going through this, um, and then you have Rob Gronkowski going through his surgery. You have Tim Tebow being signed. It's just like one thing after another, and it's kind of unusual because the Patriots seem to be a team that you never hear about during the off season. You only hear about them during the postseason, and that's when it really matters. But there seems to be some sort of off off field distractions going on here, and. It's just unlike the New England Patriots, and you can guarantee that there'll be a, bo- a bunch of journalists down there during training camp trying to get statements from the team and everything. But I guarantee you, Belichick will make sure that this is under control and under wraps by that time. And I just I wish the best for everyone involved in this situation. You know, um, with the whole Aaron Hernandez thing, I just you, you always want to make sure that if anything happens to someone and they they pass away, that their family at least gets closure. So I hope he cooperates with the police department and you know, just does what he can do to help this family get some closure. Yeah, I, I really hope it, it helps. Uh, well, two things. I hope, you know, Aaron Hernandez is, is not involved with this situation. And if he is, I hope everything works out. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a weird situation, especially when you talk about someone losing their life. So, uh, without me elaborating too much on it without enough detail, I just hope everything works out for for everyone involved. I hope closure comes to the family and this young man uh, that that was found uh, uh, killed in the car. So I'm gonna just uh, that's just my thoughts on. It. I'm gonna leave it at that, George. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like like you said, you never want to touch too much on a subject that there's not enough details about. And a lot of this stuff that's out here is he said, she said. You know, TMZ breaks information and that's a gossip column, you know, so you don't know if that information's fully accurate, so you don't want to report on that. So it's a really touchy subject. You never really want to get into those because you want to respect the parties involved, and especially you want to respect the police department as they're trying to conduct an investigation. So I think that Aaron Hernandez just needs, for the benefit of himself, needs to be cooperative with the police, give them what they need, 
helped him out in any way, especially if this was an associate of his, you want to make sure that if it's an associate or a friend that their family gets closure. And I think that that's what, that's what he'll do going forward. Yeah. And in due time, the, the results and everything will come out and we'll have plenty of opportunity and time to talk about it. Once everything is fully in details out there, I just think it's so fresh and so new right now. Last thing I want to do is compromise my credibility, yours and anybody else along this network about stating things that we really don't have facts on right now. But uh, that's the wonderful thing about this world, things that play itself out, and we'll find out here shortly. So moving forward and talk about the other side and the other tight end of the line of scrimmage is Ron Gronkowski, better known as Grunt, had a surgery this week, George. And, uh, you know, he's been battling a lot of injuries throughout his short career in the NFL, and he's been having a lot of success as well. A guy that likes to have a lot of fun off the field, but right now on the field, his play on the field is requiring for him to have a lot of surgeries. Right now, he's under he underwent a back back surgery this week. He had to see a specialist in California. So, you know, from from his forearm to his arm to now his back, George, uh, will we see the same Ron Gronkowski this season, or do you really think he's going to have a take a step back with all these injuries and surgeries? I think that back surgery is not as big a deal as forearm surgery. And I say that because of this. The back surgery is a pretty routine surgery from what reports are saying. It's not something that you have to really be worried about. But the forearm surgery, it concerns me because basically he had plates put into his, his forearm um, from when he broke it. Uh, I believe he broke it during the Texans game um, in the in the playoffs. So, he uh, he broke his forearm, and they had to put plates in there to make sure that it was uh, it was stable. And in May, he'll have to have another surgery um, to make sure that the plates in his arm didn't shift, to make sure that the plates in his arm, um, nothing dissolved or anything like that. So it's basically a final surgery to touch up everything. So that's what concerns me. When you look at anything to do with your arms and your tight end, normally you say, okay, my forearm, that's no big deal. Don't really use it too much. Well, a tight end has a lot of pressure on their forearms. You look at how much he's diving for, for passes, and he's known to be a physical runner, so he's going to have you know his forearms being hit, and it's just one of those things that concerns me. So as far as him being the same player that he was, I don't think that you can expect him to come back with the same explosiveness, but I definitely think that he'll he'll do the best that he can because he's an athlete and he's going to make sure that that happens. Yeah, I, I mean, he's still young. He's fairly young, so I feel like he's uh... – He's going to be able to bounce back. Reports are that he's, you know, the surgery went well, everything went fine. So I think right now he just needs rest and time to kind of let everything heal and recover from his injuries. Uh, uh, you know, New England's a team organization. seems like they're always a step ahead of, of everyone else as far as preparation. They probably saw this coming down the line. Uh, I don't think he'd probably be ready for training camp. Or if he's not ready for training camp, most likely he's not going to be ready for the game one or regular season or week one. So uh, I'd say you just need to get rest, man, and everything will play itself out. He's a guy that can. He looks like he keeps himself in shape, uh, but he has a lot of off-the-field issues as well. So as far as partying and and, and doing spontaneous type of things, so uh, I just think. You never know. They might put Tim Tebow out there at tight end. So I was just about to say that. Hey, man, if if, if anything else fails, if all else fails, and Gronkowski and Hernandez can't play, you always have Tebow. And I mean, that's that's one thing that everybody would love to see. Just I, I honestly, 
I hope that it happens just so that people can see that it's not as easy a transition as they think it may be for Tim Tebow to just go straight over there to tie it in. Different position, different physicality to the position, and you have to really learn a lot of things to become a tight end. So, um, but yeah, they have Tebow. That's, that's the answer to everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Tebow, I guess. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out, and uh, hopefully, we just wish uh, uh, Ron Gronkowski the opportunity to get back and bounce back from that. And and we'll see as a as the season and I mean as the summer progress and season comes along. We'll see how he plays out. Uh, staying in the AFC, George, let's go ahead and talk about Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they're a team that really don't shy away from a lot of controversy. They they sign players that have trouble history like Chad Johnson, Adam Pacman Jones, uh, Cedric Benson, those type of players. But, and they love the attention as well. Uh, they're, they're, I want to say this is their second time with a documentary on Hard Knocks. Uh, the yep. Bengals will be having the hard knocks this summer in their training camp. They had it back in 2009. Uh, so, uh, you know, one thing about the hard knocks series, George, I love it. I love the fact that uh, it gives you the inside access, behind-the-scene look of a different organization. And I think Marvin Lewis is a great fit for it. Uh, he shows enough personality, but he also keeps it professional as well. So uh, I can't wait to see uh, the Cincinnati Bengals on the HBO series Hard Knocks. Yeah, Hard Knocks is always a great series. I love watching Hard Knocks just because, it, like you said, it gives you that insight. Um, a lot of fans don't get to see that. Um, we as media will get to see it, but it gives the fans an insight of, of what's actually going on. And, I mean, even some stuff that you and I don't get to see, um, you know, in the in the quarterbacks in the room going over film study and things like that things that that you wouldn't normally be able to see and it's just a great series that gives the fans that that insight and I mean as as a fan me speaking as a fan um if if I had one series that I could watch that I would I would want to watch it would definitely be the uh the hard knock series just because it gives you such a good insight and you get to see a lot of things that you wouldn't normally be able to see yeah we'll definitely check it out man because it's exciting football Exciting TV. It's kind of real. The best reality TV out there, in my opinion, is the Hard Knock series. So, staying in Cincinnati, talking about a former player that played in Cincinnati, Chad Ochocinco, better known as Chad Johnson, was released from jail this week. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but uh, uh, Chad Johnson was released from jail. Uh, to me, it was a lesson learned. Uh, bonehead decision on his part to slap his lawyer on the backside, which kind of pissed off the law. I mean, the judge. <laughs> and gave him 30 days in jail, which was pulled back. Chad apologized publicly in the courtroom to be released right away and be a free man. So with, that all, with all that being said, George, you know, Chad is 35 years old now. Uh, most likely his career in the NFL is over, uh, but he still finds a way to stay in the media from a negative standpoint. Uh, do you feel sorry for Chad in, in, in any sense, or do you feel like he – what he gets, uh, what he's earning right now, or what publicity and things that's happening to him right now is because of the attention he brings to himself. I think that Chad is a victim of himself. I think that at the end of the day, it's a sad story because you can tell it's a man that's trying to to turn his life around. But in in that, what happened in the court, you can already tell that it was something that he had 
he had gone into the court wanting to be a changed person, wanting to really show that he's a more mature person. And uh, I actually saw his apology, um, the video of his apology, and he, he almost breaks down crying because he knows at that point in time when he slapped his lawyer on the backside and the judge uh, sentenced him to a 30-day sentence in jail, um, that that was the end of his football career. And he had lost his football career from that one move right there. And I think that that just happened um, as far as the, the judge sentencing to the 30 days. I think that that was just a product of what he had been in the past. Mm-hmm. The judge didn't even see the judge didn't even see him slap the the attorney on the backside, and so she just reacted from the laughter of the courtroom. And your reputation is everything. Um, yeah. I, you say you know we say that in this business all the time. You, mm-hmm. you know you have you have to be um, a more mature athlete if you want people to perceive you that way. So it's one of those things that his own reputation has gotten him into this, and I do feel sorry for him because he seems like he really wants to be a changed man. Okay, well, George, that's some great stuff there. and I thought I heard the music, so let's go ahead and break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up the show, talk a little bit more about Pac-Man Jones, the Cincinnati Bengals, and some Texans as well. Next one, Outside the Huddle, with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond listen for the comeback radio show with tony farmer a lot of people believe what they read on the internet hear and see in the media and on the news we're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. We'll Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Entering the last segment of the show. So, George, let's go ahead and kind of finish up strong. We started off strong talking about the NBA Finals, Game 6. What a wonderful game. We preview Game 7, which comes on tomorrow night. Uh, you know, we jumped around the NFL, talked a little bit about New England, their tight ends, Hernandez, uh, Gronkowski, and we rolled into Cincinnati. 
talked about the hard knocks and Chad Ochocinco. So let's go ahead and finish up uh, with Cincinnati and talk about Pac-Man Jones. Uh, this young man has uh, continued to find himself in some trouble. Uh, got into a situation last week uh, and was re- arrested and released from jail. But, you know, he's always trying to find a way to turn his negative into a positive. Uh, he was speaking at the 2013 Rookie Symposium, having a chance to go back and talk to the rookies again. So you have a guy like Pat, Pac-Man Jones, George, uh, in and out of trouble, uh, always getting in trouble. Uh, seems like he's at the wrong place at the wrong time. Do you think it's an, it's an important for him from a personal standpoint to go and speak to these rookies and also – uh, what kind of impact do you think he will make for a rookie if he was a rookie sitting in that stand listening to his testimony? I think a testimony from someone who's been there and done that is always a more powerful testimony than somebody who's just assuming that this is the way that it is. Mm-hmm. If I was to go to a rookie symposium and tell them, okay, this is the life of an NFL player and this is what you have to do, they, there would be no merit to it because I haven't been there, I haven't done that, I don't know the lifestyle that they live. But with Pac-Man Jones, he's been there. He's gone through the bottom and he's come, you know, back up to the top and done what he had to do to prove himself. And, and this is the first time he's been in any kind of trouble in a while. And I applaud him for that. You know, he's one of these guys that, you know, uh, earlier on in his career, you expected him to just be in trouble his whole entire career and he would end up, you know, getting in, in so much trouble that he would get kicked out of the league. You thought that that would be the case at one point, but he's turned his life around. He's a guy who, you know, he obviously wants to do better. And, uh, I mean, even when this whole, these, these assault allegations came out and he was arrested and released, he, uh, you know, he, he continued to try to be a positive person. And I like that about him now. You know, he's not, he's not this guy that, that's going out and getting in trouble on purpose and doing the things that he shouldn't be doing. And he's starting to be a role model for, for, uh, the young kids who, who do grow up in, in, extenuating circumstances and don't necessarily have everything else that other other kids have and uh, are born into a life of crime he's he's a perfect example of what they should strive to do and strive to be yeah that's a good some good points there he's a guy that uh comes from the streets of Atlanta uh, made his way out of that situation to the NFL unfortunately still bounced around some trouble now but he seems like he's a whole lot better than he was back in 2006, I'll tell you that much. So he's maturing, but at his own pace. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, it's good. It's good that he's able to come out there and speak to the guys. He's going up there June the 23rd uh, through the 29th. He's going to be in Ohio. Uh, former Maurice Claret has said that he was also on the list as a speaker this year. So uh, if everyone out there remember Maurice Claret, he got in trouble as well. So it's always good to have guys get in front of the rookies and talk to them about their past and their history, and uh, hopefully they can learn from that. But you're always going to find one or two guys or more than that that's going to get in trouble, but you can't stop that. If you can stop uh, a few of them, then that that, that makes a difference. So, uh, okay, let's wrap up with the Cincinnati stuff, man. I know a lot of people out there listening <laughs> saying Cincinnati, showing a lot of love to Cincinnati. Let's go ahead and Move home, hometown team, Houston Texans. <clears throat> right now it's been reported that Arian Foster will be ready for the 2013 training camp, George, and that's a good sign for us covering the Texans. It's a good sign for everybody that roots for the Texans. 
Arian Foster is uh all pro running back, pro bowler. Um you know, and it just seems like having him back, coming back from his injury, he suffered a calf injury throughout OTAs, which really wasn't a big deal, but it was big enough for him to make the news. Um, how exciting for you to see or for you to hear as well that Arian Foster is returning back to training camp or will be ready for training camp for the Houston Texans, George? I think anyone who's a Houston Texans fan or just a fan of football in general, the game of football is excited to hear that Arian Foster will be back. He's one of those dynamic running backs in the league that, you know, he's never going to, he's never going to make you, he's never going to be unimpressive, I guess is what I'm trying to say. He's one of those guys that he brings it every single game. And he, you know, he's, he's come to a point where he's one of the top running backs in the league. So I think it's always exciting when, uh, when you can see a player come back and not be affected as as bad as you may have thought he may have been from an injury and a strained calf. I know I know it sounds pretty bad, and it is for you know running back or anyone who has to has to run a lot. But um, I think Arian Foster comes back, and I think he's the normal Arian Foster that we're used to seeing, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, he's a guy that can get it done, man. He's going to be depended on a lot this season. Talking about Arian Foster and having him back, training camp only enhanced that opportunity. For them to be uh, to do well this season and get better as a running team, the Texans uh, used them a lot last year. And the only sad part is that with training camp, you just hope guys don't leave with major injuries like um, like other teams. So if he can kind of get this calf issue under control, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see him and cover him for the Houston Texans when training camp starts in uh, late July. So. We'll see how it plays out. The Texans, former Houston Texans, Vontae Leach, was released from the Baltimore Ravens last week, George. And now, uh, you know, he's flirting to come back here. I mean, he hasn't signed with a team yet, so he, he's definitely made it vocal. Uh, he said it, and he spoke out and said that he wanted to come back to Houston if they allowed him to. Uh, do you feel like, you know, with Vontae Leach now being available on the market, will that hurt? the Texans to have, you know, Greg Jones, which they signed from Jacksonville, and have Vontae Leach as a fullback or as fullbacks? I honestly don't think it would hurt. I mean, if I told you that you could have Peyton Manning and Tom Brady on one team, what would you tell me? Sign me up. Because <laughs> I, I, want the two best, I want the two best running backs on my team. And it's it's one of those things. I mean, I want the two best quarterbacks on my team. And it's one of those things. If you can have the two best in their position, guess what that means? None of the other teams have them. So if we can, if if the Texans can sign Vontae Leach and have Greg Jones, that would that would put them over the top. I think because you look at the running game and that's their vocal point um, of their offense. And when you have Vontae Leach and you have Greg Jones, you can run more power eye, um, where you have two fullbacks in the backfield along with your running back. So, I mean, that would be a nice a nice transition um, and, and making sure that we, that, that the Texans, rather, um, can can be a more effective team in the running game because they, they saw that that lacked last year. So I don't think it jeopardizes Greg Jones. I actually think that it, it will enhance uh, the relationship that Greg Jones has with the team, and I think that eventually um, both players can coexist together. Yeah, I think so, too, but I, I don't think Vontae will come back think somebody else will pick up his service somewhere else. I think the Texans are, I mean, I can never say never, but I I believe that he's not going to come back this season for the Houston Texans. I think they're going to move forward with Greg Jones, a younger guy, 
They got it for a reasonable price. I think Vontae being the Super Bowl champion now uh, will come with a bigger price tag. So <clears throat> I think uh, Rick Smith will go with the guys he have and watch out for some young guys throughout training camp. So we'll see how that all plays out. Hey, George, before we wrap up the show, I want to give a shout-out to Chuck Pagano, uh, head coach for uh, Indianapolis Coach. He's been honored by the Pro Riders Association, Pro Football Riders Association, let me get that correct, uh, this this uh, year. And uh, Chuck Pagano is a guy that suffered a lot through last year's team rally behind the Chuck Strong momentum and, and slogan. He's a guy that was battling leukemia. He still is battling leukemia. So uh, I want to get your quick thoughts on Chuck Pagano uh, and him winning that's uh, been honored by the Pro Football Writers Association. I think it's definitely a good honor, and I, I I think I heard the music, but I just very quickly, he's an inspiration to everyone, and I think that Pagano definitely deserved um, to be recognized by the pro uh, the Pro- professional football writers association. So, big big ups to, to Chuck Pagano, and I hope that his season continues. This next season continues to be a successful one for him and the team. Yeah, good guy, man. Great guy. Hope he gets better and everything works out well for him. But George, I want to thank you for coming on the show outside the huddle with Lee Mon, and I also want to thank all the listeners out there for listening to the show each and every week. George, uh, good to have you again. Uh, good to have you again next week. And uh, for everyone out there listening to the show, until we meet again next week, be blessed. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.